This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Todd Hazelwood has the armour all pole position mark and that got you animated. It was fabulous. Wasn't it good? And what a superstar performance by young Todd Hazelwood. He gets down the inside, Todd Hazelwood. That gets him on the podium. Yes, he is. He had a bit of a homecoming of sorts, returning to Matt Stone Racing. But please welcome back to the driver's seat, the one and only Todd Hazelwood. Hey, gents. Thanks for having me back on the show. Great to have a chat. <laughs> it's been too long, mate. It's been too long. As I said, we, we spoke to you uh, oh, last year. We've spoken to you here, there and everywhere. But this year, back with MSR, a homecoming, as Nimsy alluded to there. Uh, give us your thoughts on the first half of the year, mate. Yeah, look, the, to be honest, the first few rounds of this year were you know, really exciting. Obviously, it was a, you know, a huge deal for me to step back into the team at Matt Stone Racing, and we're really pleased with the first few rounds of the year and you know, consistently inside the top 10, couple of top five to start off the year. Um, but to be honest, the last couple of rounds, we've just lost our form. We need to get a bit of mojo back, and you know, no time like the present. We're keen for this weekend. We've just come off the back of our second test day. Um, so, yeah, keen to get stuck into sand down this weekend. I tell what I tell you what, mate. The first part of the year, mm. you guys really impressed both of Matty and I, and, mm. and I think a hell of a lot of other people. I mean, you guys were on it. You were qualifying in the top five, racing in the top five. You know, I mean, I think Jack had a. He was front row, wasn't he? At, mm. uh, at, at S- um, SMP, wasn't it? SMP, and and also Tasmania, I think. I think, but um, yeah, mate, yeah, Tassie, we shed the front first two rows, so yeah, yeah, it's been a good start. But you know, I mean, yeah. wh- where do you see what what's changed? Do, do you think that the others have just maybe uh, jumped a little bit ahead, and you you guys have stayed stagnant, or or have you? Uh, you know, I mean, we all see, and we all, you know, me included, have been in in a situation like that before, where you're all working just as hard and you're you're driving just as hard and you're doing everything behind the scenes right, but it's just not translating to results. Mm. I mean, normally when you get that rolling like you had at the start of the year, you can continue that. But do you think you'd be able to get that back uh, by, uh, you know, especially by the end of the year? Yeah, look, I certainly hope so, guys. Um, You know, that's that's (laughs) the aim. You're only as good as your last race and, you know, the last few races haven't been great. So, um, yeah, as I said, we come off the back of only our second test day of the year just last week. Um, we got a lot out of it. So, to be honest, the car's been fast for us um, at rounds that we haven't had great results. It's just been a few too many little niggly errors that have really got in the way of, you know, you know letting us been out of capitalise on the car that we've got. So, you know, like at, uh, in particular at Darwin and Townsville, you know, we had a few gremlins on car 35, but, you know, car 34 with Jack LeBrock, he was, he was still consistently in the top 10 and in the top five in the shootout at Townsville. So I think probably outside of probably the Bend and Winston, you know, every round we've had a car capable of being inside the top 10. So 
definitely is keeping me motivated, even though we've had a, a you know a couple of poor runs in the last few rounds. But hey, um, you know, there's still plenty of fire in the belly, and I've still got you know high hopes for the back end of this year. You know, we're getting into the final five now, big marquee events. No to- no better time than the present to uh, you know try and aim to get that team's first podium. I feel like we started the year as you said, we had that momentum rolling, um, but you know it's, it's also given us a bit of a a slap across the face of what we need to improve and work on, and we've hopefully ironed out those few creases in the paperwork, and we can finish this year off strongly. May you mentioned we're in the final five coming up with the marquee events. Of course, the Bathurst 1000 is coming up, and just announced that you've been uh, you're going to be partnering with Jaden Ojeda, the Juice. Um, you love saying that, don't you? The Juice, the old Juice. <laughs> because you know, well, I, and I'll tell you the reason why. Because if you go up and down, you like Juice. Our dry- Yes. Jaco um, Caravans? Like well, Caravans? Yes. I was once sponsored by Grove Fruit Juice. Um, if you go up and down our pit lane, right, there's no real crazy nicknames. Like, you know, J-Dub, Jamie Winkup used to be J-Dub and, you know, Chazzy Mozzie's the Mozzie, but there's no one like the Juice. Yeah. <laughs> so I like saying Jaden O'Jada, the Juice. Um, tell me what you, what, what you like about him, mate, and how you're feeling coming into the enduro. Yeah, pump for the Enduros. You know, I've, I've been pushing to obviously have Jaden in my corner um, since he announced that he was doing a wild card. So, you know, I put a lot of value on, on those guys being able to get the opportunity to do a wild card, get amongst the main field and, and really show what they can do. You know, obviously, you know, he's not running Super 2 this year, but from my eyes, it could, it could also be a benefit because it is a big weekend when you're trying to do Super 2 and also racing in the main series on that weekend. So the fact that we've got him all to our disposal come race weekend at Bathurst, I think will be a, be a huge benefit. Obviously, a bit of bit of intel from his learnings this year, working with a main series team, you know, full time for, for his from his personal point of view. Obviously, at WAU. So um, yeah, we had him in the test day in, in the car at the test day last week, and yeah, did a fine job. And it's pretty seamless and yeah, pretty easy going guy to get along with too. So uh, yeah, excited. Excited moving forward. Hey, mate, uh, obviously Bathurst and obviously Gold Coast coming up. You've got a few in between as well. But um, obviously the, the Adelaide 500. Yeah. It's Ooh, back. Yes. Yes. It's back. And uh, obviously the season finale at the end of the year where it's normally at the start of the year. So, uh, you know, you and the the other SA drivers like Percat and uh, Scotty Pye, yeah. yeah, you were down there uh, obviously to – or you, you were – Quick on jumping on the movement to get the race back to Adelaide for the street circuit event. Um, you know, what do you think it's going to be like as the final event compared to normally the uh, the start of the year? Oh, I think they've both got their own benefits in their own way. But, um, you know, when we first had that meeting with Peter Malinouskis, who's now obviously been elected as Premier, who would have thought that a, a supercar race would ever be a, a conflicting... Um, you know, government decision, you know, they could have all the policies in the world, but if you bring a race back, you know, everyone's on board. So um, <laughs> it's been a quite an interesting year being a part of that program. And um, you know, obviously to, for it to be the finale, it's unbelievable. You know, I think it's really going to put Adelaide on the map, but also supercars as well. You know, it's going to be a standalone event. There's going to be no distractions within the city, obviously, normally in March. They call it Mad March in Adelaide for yeah. a reason because there's so many events going on at the same time. But Adelaide, you know, to be captured with the supercar race itself running at that time of the year, you know, I think it's really going to show to the rest of the world how much value there is on that particular event. It'll shine on its own, no doubt. And with the plan that, you know, obviously we've had the luxury of being able to get behind the scenes with 
Pip Malinetis and obviously the SA Motorsport Board and, and hearing some of the details of their plan to ensure that they bring this event back to life in a bigger and better way than, than ever before. So um, no better way that to finish off the year of a massive bang and, you know, and obviously a cool way to sign off the, I suppose, from a historical point of view, you know, it's obviously where Holden originated from and, and that's, you know, to do its final supercar race in South Australia on the streets of Adelaide. I think it's a cool way to sign off championship for more ways than one see uh, uh, so supercars fans and stuff like in melbourne we, we kind of know that the days of you know Sandown are probably numbered did you ever think like growing up as a as a motorsport fan todd did you ever think that you know there could be a day where they did take the adelaide 500 away and when they did <laughs> like it's it's it, it sounds extraordinary doesn't it yeah, and to be honest, I didn't even realise it was deep. I thought it was just because of COVID, you know, that was that was the reasoning of everything at the time. I thought, oh, yeah, you know, because of COVID. And then I actually read the statement, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me, you know, yeah. I actually <laughs> understood the details behind it. And I think, yeah, yeah and, and it was obviously a shock within South Australia. But, you know, I think what probably the, the opposition at the, you know, the leaders at the time didn't realise that how well supported the event was both interstate and internationally as well, and they didn't put a lot of value on that. Um, so, you know, I think it wasn't just, you know, us South Australians campaigning to bring it back. It was the whole motorsport um, community mm-hmm. rallying, trying to obviously push to bring it back because obviously from a, a selfish point of view, what it does for motorsport, is, you know, that event in particular is huge, but, you know, what it also does for the state. And, um, you know, it was great to see that, you know, the stats didn't lie and we, we weren't just pushing, you know, we weren't just pushing our own agenda. It mm-hmm. was, you know, people coming out of the woodwork saying we want to bring this race back, whether it was, you know, local restaurants and cafes and all the rest of, you know, all the other people that benefit from this great event. So, um, yeah, super stoked to bring it back. And obviously being a proud Adelaidean, you know, it's, uh, it's a race that we all enjoy. Obviously it's an event, but it's the actual circuit as well. It's, it's proper balls for the wall circuit. And, you know, they're the sort of tracks that I really enjoy. And they've brought it back as the last race, so you've gone from blindingly hot at the first race to blindingly hot at the end of the year. So uh, <laughs> thanks, Supercars. Exactly. Um, uh, mate, one of our listeners, a, a great listener, uh, he listens to a bunch of stuff that we do. Uh, Mo from Warrigal. Good on you, Mo. He's texting. He said, hey, Todd, I've been a fan about how you go about things from when you first had your helicopter crash at Sandown, just to explain that, Todd hit the wall very, very hard and helicoptered through the wall it's down he, the back straight. That's when he so. backed into John O'Webb. Yeah, absolutely, it? yeah. And then the 30 <laughs> minutes later, uh, you jumped into your Super 2 car and from memory got yourself on the podium. How do you go about preparing your head after a crash like that to to perform and be confident so quickly after? Good on you, Mo. How do you prepare after something like that, Todd? Um, look, I think I was in a pretty lucky position where I had the opportunity to jump in another car straight away and there was a, a lot of motivation to get back in that car because I was leading the Super 2 championship and starting on the front row next to my championship rival so if that doesn't get you out of bed and motivated then nothing will I think <laughs> um, so yeah I, I had a pretty strong reasoning and you know you know obviously the luckiest part was that I was uninjured so once I knew I was able to just dust myself and dust myself off and you know Brad sort of reiterated that there was there was no hard feelings and sort of reiterated that it wasn't my fault because at the time I had no idea what had happened. All I knew is I'd gone flying, you know, gone flying and went upside down and the car was toast. So, you know, for more reasons than run, it wasn't a good headspace to be in. But, um, yeah, you know, lucky I was, you know, as I say, cliche comment, it's get back on the horse and have another go. But, yeah, look, at probably afterwards, um, 
the wave of emotions was probably the hardest thing mm. I had to deal with getting over. But um, yeah, as I said, you know, I had a goal in mind and I was never going to let anything get in the way of that because you work too damn hard to, to be in that position and I was never going to let anything get in the way of, of me trying to get back in that car and, and try and uh, put, put together that championship, which we did in the end, which was uh, you know, very lucky yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah, and, and I think that's, a, that's, you know, the race being so close to the, like the Super 2 race being so close to the accident time um, probably didn't really give you much time to sit down and reminisce exactly what happened, to be fair. So you sort of, you're rushed off and then, and then literally not long later you got checked over and I know you had to change your suit because you had mud and, mud and crap all over <laughs> you from, from, from the rollover uh, and then just straight back in the next car and, and, and ready to go. So I think it's probably a good thing that you didn't have, you know, a few hours in between to, to like mull over it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and go back through the yeah, socials exactly. and have a look at what, what actually happened and all that sort of thing. So it's probably a good thing that you could just then focus straight on the Super 2 start and, and doing the best job you could there. Yeah, exactly. You, you're dead right, Steve. And, um, you know, it was a bit, you know, I remember getting back from, um, you know, pleading with the uh, the officials and obviously the medical team. He looked after me greatly, but, you know, my heart rate was going through the roof because I was just so paranoid about missing the, the dummy grid to the Super 2 race. That's all I cared about. <laughs> and, you know, they said, well, we can't let you go until your heart rate goes down. And so, well, let me get out of this goddamn muddy suit and I'll cool down. But, um, so once I got back to the pits and then obviously it was more the, the overwhelming support, you know, that I had from whether it's all the guys in pit lane coming to the garage or, you know, just all the punters asking if I was okay. That was probably the most overwhelming part of it all. Um, so once I got the, I remember sort of, driving the cars specific to, um, to the dummy grid and actually got cleared on the on the dummy grid um, by the medical staff so that I was clear and fit to race. So, you know, that that sort of highlights how close I was to obviously, A, missing the race, but, you know, mm. thankful enough I was able to get on with the job and get it done. So, like, as you said, I didn't I didn't watch the any replays or anything until the Sunday night. Um, I remember actually, I was sharing the same room as my engineer was, McDougal, I heard him watching it on his phone and he, he's sort of like, oh shit, I wasn't meant to watch it in front of top sort of thing. And I thought, oh. <laughs> and I remember him, he sort of like looked at me sheepishly and I'm like, oh. And he's like, have you seen it? Yeah. I'm like, nah, I haven't seen it. And he goes, pretty spectacular. <laughs> and I said, oh, with he, this. He, said, Wait. He, he said, when you're ready, you should watch it. I'm like, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So it's sort of funny looking back at it all now, I guess. But yeah, look at, at the time, it was, it's not nice. And, that's that's the that's the game we're in. If, if mm. that scares you, then you're in the wrong game, I guess. Absolutely, uh, mate. Just before we let you're you in go, good company with Matthew McKelder, mate. Anyway, so <laughs> I was seriously. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I, did you know? I, I totally knew that was. I'm writing I, only because I'm writing notes about what you said there. Told about just get, get back on the horse because I haven't driven my Trans Am well, car. You're for the only one that's got months. a sound grab in this whole deal. <laughs> I do have a sound grab about Here's me. Here's the wall Matt McKeldin. Oh, thank there you, you Nimsy. There you go. <laughs> uh, mate, just before we uh, let you go, Gen 3, you had a you had a crack in the new whip at uh, Tail and Bend. Give us your initial thoughts of the Camaro because that's where you're heading next year, we believe, with MSR. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, signed up with MSR and obviously the Chevrolet program, which is exciting. And to be honest, guys, I loved it. I was really impressed. You know, obviously there's been a a lot of comments and critics about Gen 3, but I was, you know, generally impressed. I had a smile from ear to ear when I drove it. Um, you know, I love the torque in the, in the motor, the way it comes on under the throttle, but it's still a well-balanced package. You know, it still does everything that you want from a race car point of view. It's not this big, slippery, sideways, out-of-control boat that everyone's talking about. You know, I felt like it's still <laughs> well-balanced. You know, obviously, we, 
drove it at tail and bend. So if you're ever going to feel what the car's going to do, you're going to feel yeah. it in effect around those those corners there, you know, being high speed, flowing, have really good feel on the brakes. So I think from a racing point of view, we're going to have the opportunity where we can, you know, we're going to have the car, the tyre's going to be slipping up on exit, and we're going to have the opportunity to get a run on people. We've also got confidence on the brakes, which I was a bit worried about with the Gen 3. I thought, well, if they're going to make the car that loose and slippery, it's like when they put us on a hard tile and suddenly no one wants to pass each other because we don't want to lunge and come from a long way back like we do on a soft tile. So mm. um, the fact that I think it's going to be on a decent tile next year, we've got a good brake package. Um, the tire is still usable, um, but obviously a reduction in aero, but it's well balanced. So you can still get racy and yeah, I'm excited. You know, obviously there's a lot of work that's left to be done behind the scenes as, as well documented. And there's no question about that, but um and myself and the team, we're pushing really hard to ensure that as a as a team and as a program, we're best prepared for Gen 3 next year because we see it as a golden opportunity to obviously come out come out and start the season strong if we position ourselves well. And, um, you know, it's a great equaliser. You know, everyone starts from scratch all of a sudden. You know, we've had the same equipment now for nearly 10 years and, you know, we're, we're literally fine, you know, fine-tuning the thing with a with nothing at the moment where we're literally scraping the bottom of the barrel looking for the last little half a tenth that we can find. So, um, you know, starting from scratch, all new tricks. And um, I love I love the, the engineering mechanical side of our sport. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. Did Jack LaRock get a chance to uh, to drive that thing? Because pretty much every bit of footage I saw was him, him filming you in the car. Uh, I reckon he spent more time on his phone filming you driving around in the Camaro than he actually spent <laughs> in the Camaro. <laughs> Well, it was actually, it was, we basically did half the day each. Uh, so, yeah, it was in for the first half of the day and I was in for the second half. So, um, yeah, we both got about, I think, roughly 50-odd laps each. So, it was, yeah, it was a really good day. Um, the car pretty much ran faultlessly. So, um, yeah, I was pretty happy. And um, as I said, you know, felt like I, I put my own critics to bed in, in my own mind. Um, you know, I was obviously going into the, into the test day, wise, eyes wide open. Um, because obviously there's so much speculation about the car, and it, you know, for for good and bad reasons. But um, yeah, to finally get a taste and know what we're going to be signing up for for next year, I think the sport's in a good place. I think Jen, well, at least yeah. at least you fit in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it. It is it is tight, and, uh, and it, you guys know how short I am. I, I'm probably one of the shortest guys in pit lane. So I was like, you're not, you're not short, mate. You're concentrated. Like, oh, that looks. Like... <laughs> I looked at Jack and I thought, that looks like fun, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Just be glad you don't have, have to team up with, like, Garth Dander or something for the Enduros. But, um, but Todd, you've been, uh, you've been bloody generous with your time uh, this evening, mate. Uh, go well at Sandown. Hopefully we'll see you trackside there. And uh, we'll chat to you soon here on the driver's seat. Good luck with Bathurst in the remainder of the year, and hopefully you can finish off strong. Thanks, gentlemen. Appreciate the chat. Always good to catch up. <laughs> Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.